Blog Talk Radio. morning good morning um, that was a very interesting intro for a very interesting Saturday morning um, snowy Saturday morning here in Colorado and this show since it's on a Saturday is going to be very Saturday-ish laid back so hopefully everyone is having a good start of 2014 um, and we are, I want everybody to grab your coffee or your tea and really get comfortable in some of the things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about new starts and new beginnings and really clarifying some things and really seeing things for what they are. And, um, you know, that's what we want to go into. 2014 is going to be a year of authenticity and awakening and really coming into presence and self. And so that's kind of what we're going we're gonna, to, you know, we're going to see where the show takes us today. Um, so if you're joining us today for the first time, thank you for joining us. Um, we welcome your input. You can call in. The call-in number is 347-215-8639. If you want to send us an email, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, concerns, um, you can email us during the live broadcast or anytime at blueclick at gmail.com. That's B-L-U-E-C-L-I-Q-U-E at gmail.com. I am Nikki, your host. And as always, I am joined by Sean. Say hello, Sean. Hello, Sean. Welcome to the Ratchet Show. This is going to be so ratchet today. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be real ratchet, y'all. So get ready. Teasing and, the background, baby crying and all that. Yeah, we got a teasing baby in the background and a five-year-old who loves to talk and loves attention, so it's going to be interesting. And, of course, we have Aaron. Say hello, Aaron. Hello. Good Saturday. Happy Saturday. Okay, so what we had scheduled for to talk about the show um, was some things that um, – it's kind of come up with people with with the new energy that's kind of presenting itself on the planet. There are a lot of people who are moving into spirituality or wanting to move into spirituality but are not necessarily taking on that responsibility. Um, but what I really want to, what I want to start out with is uh, kind of what each of us is kind of going through or feeling now. And this kind of stems from, Aaron, I watched your um, YouTube video 
last night mm-hmm. that you just put on. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of going through, I think we're all, and, and there are some some um, other people who are really kind of talking about the financial energy right now. And so I would uh-huh. love for you to sh- kind of share what you are experiencing right now um, that you had on your YouTube video and um, kind of how, that, how you have made this discovery about yourself and then kind of what you're moving into now that you have this awareness, how you're taking responsibility for knowing that awareness and what you're, what you're doing about it. Right. Well, I guess I would start by saying what I finally realized, even though I'd read a bunch of things and I'd listened to all kinds of people speak about finances, was that basically, point blank, finances are a part of your spirit. They're a part of your spiritual body. So if you are struggling then you need to look at that as it being something wrong with your spirit, meaning that you are injured. You know, you've either got a spiritual injury, you can look at it like that, or you've got a spiritual illness. And no matter how you positively aspect that, no matter how much you appreciate the lesson that has been taught, no matter how much you look at the glass as being half full, what remains is you're still injured or you're still ill. You know, if you have a horrible illness or a broken leg here in, in the physical life, you can, you can use that to teach you something, but until you are healed, you know, until you, you fix the injury or until the illness is healed, something is wrong. And so you've got to do something, something to fix that ailment. So I really had to sit down and look at why I was still injured And what I realized was, even though I had made some changes in my life, at the baseline, I was still just doing a different version of the same thing. So it's really important to get clear on when you make a change, if you're actually doing something completely different or if you've just translated the same thing uh, into another language. So I had to look at what I was investing in. And what I realized was, I was investing in basically in a broken dream or in a dream that wasn't exactly working out for me. And it had been pretty obvious. I just wasn't looking at it clearly. You know, life was showing me, Aaron, you are doing the wrong things. You are still struggling, so you have got to change something. And if, if it's still not working for you, even after you've made the change, then you've got to make an even bigger change. So what I did was I started to think about what, I wanted my, my life to look like and how that included my life financially. And then I realized, okay, if this is what I want to make, you know, say it's an, an X amount of dollars, just as a general idea, then when someone offers me something that is below that, I have to honor my injury, my injured self, and say, you know what, at this point in my life, I can't do that. You know, if you want to start making money, doing what it is that you love, then when someone asks you to do it for free, it's okay to say, you know what, at this point in my life, I am not able to do that for free. I need some type of value, some type of something to support me. I'm injured. I need healing. It's it's that simple. If you are, if you're broken, you can't keep 
doing stuff that that aggravates the injury. You've got to heal it by no longer doing that which injured you. So once I really understood that, I was able to very clearly see, okay, this offer is a match or this offer is not a match. And so I've actually turned down two offers that have come my way because I know that that is not where I want to be. And if this is a universe that supports you, if this is a universe that wants to provide you with all of the abundance you can imagine, then stop, stop accepting things that aggravate your injury. It's, it's that simple and at the same time that difficult. And then I also got clear on another thing. You know, as long as I can remember, I have always thought that I either needed to get a bargain or make the dollar stretch. I'm grateful that it created resourcefulness in me, but what I realized was that I inherited a vibration that was not something I consciously chose. So now that I see that that's actually somebody else's vibration working on me, I have to consciously choose what I want. And that goes back to making choices that heal your injury rather than aggravate them. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. And I think um, a couple points that you made. One, I want to say that that's such a powerful visual when you were talking about honoring the injury, such as if you have a physical injury, we know exactly what to do about that. Um, right. And, and, and if, you, if you translate your spiritual injury into a physical injury, what you're doing is, um, use the broken leg as an example, what you're doing is re-breaking the leg mm-hmm. every single time you are making a decision that is going against your healing. Mm-hmm. So, nope, it looks like it, you know, instead of, instead, you're honoring the injury instead of honoring the healing. And um, when you said that you had inherited, um, you know, basically somebody else's beliefs and attitudes towards money and finances, I, I, and, and the way that you approach money and the way that you treat money and your relationship with money basically comes from family, um, which is what I've been experiencing, which I've really noticed a lot, which I, I hadn't noticed um, really blatantly until I, I started um, want, seeing the change in myself and moving away from that, how much my family is still pulling me back towards that with fear, with attitudes of fear and lack, um, and how I'm basically honoring the injury by being a part of that quote-unquote club of having to basically hoard (laughs) money and not (laughs) allowing money to flow because of fear of not having enough or not having it when you need it. Um, And I can definitely see... In me, I'm kind of experiencing the same thing, and it's interesting that this has come up for you around the time that I, it's coming up for me, um, because I recently have um, taken on a client that has has been a friend for a long time that had had asked me for help, and I said, well, this is something, if if you want my help, you have to put a value on it, because 
you have to want it more than I have to want it. And part of putting money towards it is putting your energy towards it. And so I'm going to treat you like any other client, and I want you to, and you're going to pay. And so Mm -hmm. because we're friends, of course, people kind of take advantage of, oh, well, we're friends, and I can call you at any time. So I can call you, and I don't have to to worry about, um, you know, if I pay you, I pay you. If I don't, I don't. And so um, recently, last month, it came up as she hadn't she hadn't paid me, and the first thing that came up with me was all of those injuries and all of the attitudes and fears of lack that I have towards money that, People who ask for money are only worried about the money. They're not worried about the work. And they're, am I being greedy? And can I do this for, you know, can I do this for free? And all of the things that came up were basically me telling myself that I am not um, worth, or my services are not worth enough for me to ask for money. So it's all coming towards the attitudes of my self-worth, what I do, how I value it how I think other people value it, and me seeing how I'm still married and tied to those attitudes that I inherited and not developed on my own. So I definitely have some work to do in that area, and now that I see that and I realize that and the responsibility that I'm taking in knowing that what I have to do, what I want to do and my passion and what I do is worth me honoring before I ask anybody else to honor it. So how can I ask someone else to honor it if I'm not honoring it myself? And so that's what I need to do is to start honoring it. And so this has been a very important financial lesson for me too. And to start thinking of money as that flow of energy. If it's not flowing through me, then there is a spiritual blockage there that I need to figure out um, what that is because it Mm -hmm. is all energy. So that is, um, I love the the points that you had had made. Um, And if anyone listening wants to listen to Aaron's um, video, he's got a YouTube channel. Um, You want to tell them what your YouTube channel is? Sure. My username is Aaron Petrie. That's spelled A-A-R-O-N-P-I-T-R-E. You can also just type that in on YouTube, and I'll pop up. You'll find me. And then I also have a website, AaronPetrie.com, and I'm actually writing a sort of uh, blog entry companion to that video. I'm working on it right now. Cool. Yes. Lots going on. Sean, you want to talk about why we're on the financial do you want something? You have something to yeah, add? Yeah, if I can. If the kids don't. Yes, if the, can y'all hear me first of all? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it, it's funny because it's kind of dovetailed into what I'm dealing with in terms of being a centralist and not embracing polarity one way or another. I think what we do in terms of finances is we spit, we we pit finances in the area of in the area of something that can be injurious to a relationship, um, to your life, period. Anytime money comes into it, it's like people say, one thing I'll argue about is religion and politics. You can throw money into that, too. You know, and the way that we view people that have money, particularly, even if we don't say it out loud, it's, you know, the, the rich person is still on some level 
the the, the uh, villain. Mm-hmm. So when you vilify someone who has gained a substantial amount of money, you're invariably mm-hmm. vilifying money as well. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you kind of repel it. You know, it's, it's just like so you're protecting yourself from saying, being evil. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then when you were saying that, you know, you were analyzing whether or not it was greedy to ask you for money and money this and money that. Is this money? Asking for money or talking about money, bad thing, quote, unquote. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And we're just into where I'm currently dealing with is I'm not I'm not moving to one side or the other. Good and bad don't exist to me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you know, how I do finances, it's, it's sheer energy. It, it's not, it doesn't have a negative nor positive connotation. It's, it, it, it is what it is. It's energy. And I utilize that energy the same way I utilize everything else. When we fall into the game, subconsciously or consciously, when we fall into the game of good and bad, you know, evil and, and whatever, whatever the opposite of evil is for this for this sake of this conversation, mm-hmm. we tend to categorize money from all of our subtext and all of our culture and all of our family uh, curse, curse things as if it's something evil or bad or something that we repel. Even if we consciously don't say it out loud or don't think we think that, we come from a culture that is that's ingrained and embedded in us so deeply that if we play the game of polarity on any level, that's automatically going to be the case with us. Mm-hmm. You know, just looking at society and what we deal with on a societal basis and on a regular basis, there's no other way that it can be. If we want to play the game of polarity, money is automatically placed in the negative column. Mm-hmm. So, as it relates to me, mm-hmm. in which you guys are talking about, they're trying to juggle the baby. Is I'm 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 out of the game of polarity. I'm out of the game of right and wrong, good and evil. And I take my views of money. And I pull withdraw them out of that context as well. So, however, I view money is not placed in the context of negative, positive, right, wrong, up, down, left, right. It, it is it's in the center with me. Mhm. Yeah. It's interesting how um, you know people don't necessarily think of money as energy, and when I listen to people and the way that they talk about money or approach money like I'm going to use, well, my family knows I talk about them on the show, so I'm going to talk about my mother for a second. Um, it's almost like she, which my, my parents are comfortable and they're fine and, and you know, they've got money to do whatever they want to do with it, but it's almost like my mom pretends like she has to be in the poor club in order for her friends to feel comfortable around her. Um, for example, she always talks about, um, you know, she'll say, if I win the lottery, I'm going to throw a big party and get my kitchen redone, which she can do that now. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to win the lottery to do that. And that's what I'll say. You don't have to win the lottery to do that. You can just have a party. You can just get your kitchen done. You can do that now. Or I have to wait or because... Her her group of friends, her clan, 
basically is in the group of there's them and then there's me and there's rich people and then there's me and mm-hmm. they bond over struggling. So if her friends are like, oh, you know, I, you know, had a my had to call a plumber and it costs this much money in order her for her to be in that club, she has to pretend like she's struggling too. And so it's the money doesn't grow on trees and we can't be, if I don't absolutely need, so I grew up with the attitude of if I don't absolutely need it, then I should really think about whether that is being wasteful or not. Or you have to work hard at doing whatever you need to do in order to get by or pay your bills and, it don't have to be something that you like. You just have to work because people who work hard are the ones that are noble. So if you have to, you know, work 12 hours a day doing something that you hate, it's more noble than you doing something that you love um, because those people are working hard because they're doing what they're not thinking about themselves. They're selfless. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, put your, you know, it's, it's, if you have to, you know, you do what you have to do. If you have to get three jobs, you do what you have to do to get three jobs because they don't understand. It's, it's more about working, 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 working. You have to work hard. Nobody does what they want to do. Mm-hmm. You just get a job and you work. So um, the attitude with my family and my brothers and sisters are, as long as you say, look how hard she works. She's an you know, that's a noble person rather than somebody who doesn't care, what do you do all day? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do. Well, I don't know. <laughs> How do you survive? What do you do all day? You don't look like you work hard enough. You need to work harder in order for me to understand you. If you don't work hard and you seem to be doing well, then it's almost like a not being able to trust you. You're not one of us kind of thing. So in order to be in the clan and belong to the group, it's work hard, struggle, complain about not having enough, um, and then you, we can relate to you. You're one of us. You're one of my people. You're one of our people. But if you're not complaining, <laughs> if you don't feel like you're lacking something, if you're not working hard or preparing to work or on your way home from work or going to work or whatever, and we can't see what you are doing, then you're not working very hard and you're not exactly trustworthy. There's something going on that we don't understand, so we can't trust that. So that is kind of almost everybody I know that I've grown up with has that that level of you work, you have to suffer and sacrifice for money to take care of yourself and your family. And if you're not suffering and sacrificing, then you probably need to work hard. You're not working. You're not doing enough. You're not working hard enough if you're not sacrificing and complaining. And also um, with that, though, is when, 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 you, when you contextualize money like that, who does money belong to? Who does money belong to when you have that mindset and that mind frame? Well, to me, it sounds like the people paying you, they'd be the ones who have the exactly. money. Exactly. And the people paying you are usually, you know, your boss is never a good guy. Your boss is always an asshole. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. so the people that are assholes control the money and they control that energy. How can that energy not be bad or negative? You know, how can that energy not be bad or negative? As opposed to looking at it as 
it doesn't belong to anyone. And you don't have to go to them to get it. They don't control it to the point where you have to go and grovel and kill yourself to get it. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the people who don't work for their money, the people who are sitting in the office looking out the window, but they're making all the money, those are bad people. It's the people who are, you know, scraping by and working 12 hours a day and making little money, those are the good people. So if you're one of those bad people who have time to put your feet up and sit and look out the window, then you're, quote, unquote, one of, the, one of them, not one of us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're playing a game. Yeah, and it goes back to sort of what I was saying about the choices that you make. You know, a lot of people, present company included, what I want behind money is freedom. That's that's what I'm going for. So say another person wants freedom. Freedom will not come in putting your faith and your your financial vibration in someone else's hands. If you're working for someone and all of a sudden they fire you and they've taken away your money channel, then you weren't really investing in your freedom, were you? You were in a trap. You were in a, a, a form of bondage. So why would you make that choice? Right, exactly. So, um, Exactly right. Letting go of that attitude and kind of switching over that attitude, um, you know, often involves separating yourself from, well, it does involve separating yourself from that or, you know, not continuing your membership into that, with that club of people who are still working hard to hold on to those beliefs because you have to, you, uh, you know, if you keep putting yourself in that same energy, then that's what you're going to, that's the energy that is flowing through you. That's the energy that you're going to attract. Um, so separating yourself from Even if you withdraw yourself from that energy, but you still hold those philosophies deep within your right. life, you're still getting the same results as if you were right there with them. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what Aaron was talking about when he said that. It's basically saying what he found himself doing was just doing the same thing a different way. Right, right. So you think you're getting away from it, but you're doing the same thing. You're getting away from it, but you're doing the same thing. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. And a lot of that, too, is whatever it is that you're invested in, the the ego is a big piece of that. Absolutely. You know, I'll, I mean, I'll call myself out. I'll speak very frankly about a dream that I have recently realized, okay, I was investing in it wrong. I come from a background in acting. My grooming in acting has been in the theater. It is known. <laughs> it is not uh, uncommon. It's pretty much common knowledge that there is, uh, there's no money in theater. And... We're told, okay, you know, do it because you love it. Don't do it because of the money, which is partially true. But the reality of the situation is if if finances are once again, or security, whatever you want to call it, is a part of your spirit body like an organ, you can't neglect that organ. So you've got to make choices that support that. 
so for me, it's not that I'm going to abandon a passion of mine because it will always be something that I love, but I'm not going to put it in the front seat and place my faith in spiritual healing and financial prosperity if it's a broken system. I've got to have a different dream as it relates to that and trust that the universe can work out the deep. But if I want to be taken care of, then it doesn't make sense to work for $240 for a week's worth of work. From a financial, spiritual standpoint, that is abuse. And I wasn't clear on that until now because I didn't allow myself to have a truly different dream about that because my ego was so invested and what all of that represented. Once I was able to free myself from that, I was able to see things more clearly and make different choices and put myself on a different trajectory towards a different path. And because it's different, truly different, I'm not going to get the same results. I'm going to get something new. And that is the point of making a truly different choice. But you've got to check your mind. You've got to check your ego and really be objective about about the choices that you're making and be logical about them, you know? $8.50 an hour is not financial prosperity, so why on earth would you choose that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. When you become objective about it, become objective about it, and it'll make perfect sense. Take your ego out of it. Imagine it's somebody else that you're analyzing. You're going to see, oh, my God, what the fuck was I doing? Mm-hmm. Or if you kind of put it in a different... It's almost like you got to put it in a different context or a different... Because people right. think, again... So the way that we are, and then all the programming and all the information that is coming towards you is you should be lucky to have a job and at least you're getting paid something and you shouldn't Mm -hmm. expect much from this and the economy and there's lack, there's lack, there's lack. But if you look at it as, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's currency, (laughs) so it's the flow of energy. So if you look at a flow of energy as, um, you know, it's wintertime heat, for example, and... You need a, you need the heat to be a certain temperature for you to be able to be warm and for you to survive. And somebody tells you, no, I can only give you 40 degrees instead of 75 degrees. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to accept 40 degrees? It's not enough. Right. It's not going to keep you warm. It's going to cause you to burn more energy trying to keep warm. Um, so it's if you, you know, think of that as, an, you know, the currency, just like electricity has to flow, it's an electric current, um, too little is not going to, is doing nothing for you. And in right. fact, you have, to, you have to burn more energy to survive the little bit of energy that they're giving you. So you right. end up even further behind than you were before you accept it the offer that was too little in the first place. So if you if you're looking at it as, you know, you need you you need what's going think about what's going to keep you warm, what's going to keep you comfortable, what's going to allow you to have what you need in order to keep the energy flowing. It's not enough to keep the energy flowing, then it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Either it's enough or it's not. There is no getting by, you're either moving right. forward or you're moving backwards. There is no standing still. He's, he's keeping keeping the flow, keeping the right. currency flowing. 
And your life will tell you so obviously how you're doing. I mean, how do you feel? Are you well? How's your life? How exactly. is life? <laughs> the, the answer is right but. there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're saying, oh, it's okay, okay, but, okay, but mm-hmm. something needs to be fixed. Right. And if you're experiencing, and that, and that would translate also into a, an illness or a sickness. If your flow right. of your energy, flow of money, is not flowing sufficiently, then it is a money dis-ease. You mm-hmm. have a money dis-ease. Mm-hmm. The lack of financial flow in, comes in the form of, um, you know, stress or, or an actual, actual physical illness or, you know, it, it, um, it's going to manifest itself physically somehow, but it is a, the lack of flow of that particular currency is a disease, just like mm-hmm. any other disease needs to be treated and it needs to be healed, um, mm-hmm. like you were talking about earlier. So you keep treating the illness, are you going to keep staying or keep accepting um, or honoring your injury by accepting too little? You're going to keep staying in that cold room, or are you going to fix the thermostat so that you can stay in a, in a, in a little room? Right. You can be comfortable. So it's, it's coming into the realization of what is it that is blocking your flow, blocking your... Um, chi, and a lot mm-hmm. of times it's those beliefs that we grew up with that, you know, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than the rich man entered heaven that we hear about <laughs> growing up for, that money is the root of all evil, and that, you know, just even the subtle things that you see on in stories or on, you know, TV or in movies or plays where it always has the rich person, you know, we just got through over Christmas and, you know, the in, if you um, look at the, you know, A Christmas Carol who talks about Scrooge who is stingy and evil and has more money than he'd ever be able to save and or ever be able to spend and he hoards all his money and he's evil and he's mean and then you have the nice little family that they love each other. They have nothing, but they have each other. So sending the message of, you know, the, the, the good, gracious, giving people are poor and the stingy, mean, unlovable people who nobody likes, nobody wants around are the rich people. Mm-hmm. So sending that message to your subconscious of it's better to be poor and have family and people who like you than to be rich and lonely by yourself. Mm-hmm. So isolating your family or your friends or people by asking for money, asking for what your talents are worth, is putting you in that category of evil people. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't like evil people. So mm-hmm. it's better to be poor and go to heaven than to be rich. and. To me, to me, it's a matter of which side of the chakra ladder are you serving? Which God aspect of yourself are you serving on a continual basis? Mm-hmm. If you're serving your higher nature, if you're serving your higher nature and you understand that you are connected and are part of everything, therefore you're worthy of everything because you are everything, you don't feel less than anything 
So money and all of this other stuff and asking for money and all of this other stuff is placed in your lower nature because if you're, func- if you're functioning from that lower aspect, you, of course everything is higher than you are. If you're honoring yourself in the way that you properly should honor yourself in terms of being that God, there's nothing that you can't ask for. There's nothing that you should be ashamed to ask for. I think it's a, it's a matter of how much time we spend our what how much time we spend on either side of that ladder, mm-hmm. you know. And and for the most part, being in this dimension and in, in, in experiencing things with our five senses, we invariably slip back into the lower nature just by default. And I think mm-hmm. you know if we don't pay attention to that, we wind up functioning and thinking just like everyone else around us, even though we know better to some degree. You know, and my my personal resolve is to spend more time in my Godhood mm-hmm. as often as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. divorcing myself from that lower nature. You know, I'm you, there's no way around it. You're 100% human and 100% spirit. But, mm-hmm. you know, to give in to the 100% human aspect all the time, is to give into defeat to a degree because you wind up serving that aspect because that aspect's more tangible when you serve it. Whoever you serve more gets bigger. So if you're serving that aspect, then that gets bigger than the spiritual side. So all of the things that come along with that, all the understandings and all of the 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 the, 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 the agreements that we make in the clan that we're from and all of that, all of those things begin to seep back in because they were always there. That's we kind of came here to work through. You know, they're always going to be there. My solution to me as it relates to this is to spend more time honoring myself in my totality and understanding who I am in my totality mm-hmm. as opposed to just giving in to the philosophy that I'm this human and subject to human things on a scale that other humans are subject to when I know better. Right. You know, when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. You know? And that that kind of goes into what, we, what Nikki and I were talking about the other day in terms of people creating suffering by accumulating information and doing nothing with it. Right. You know, I know countless people who just accumulate information mm-hmm. and they just like to know things because other people don't know them and that makes them feel important. But mm-hmm. what they're doing is creating suffering for themselves if they keep accumulating information but not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you, you're, you're, you're expanding your awareness, but you're standing still. So you're in one place, and where your awareness is, you're in a, which is by itself suffering. If you're, if you're expanding, but you're not moving within that expansion, but standing still, you're creating suffering every time you listen to something. And you have people that just go around and just listen to podcasts and accumulate as much things, much information as they possibly can just for the sake of knowing something. They don't do anything with it. And they wind up worse off than they were if they were ignorant as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So oh, it's like, yeah. So that brings us to what is, it, what is the responsibility? If you have all this information and you've, you've been given an opportunity to really learn and to really grow and you you are collecting all this information and you listen to all these podcasts and you meditate and you go to yoga and you um you know can can put all of these amazing quotes on on Facebook. But you're not it's not really you're not really applying any of it to no. your energy. 
or your life? No. no. Um, it's, it's like it's a spectator sport. Is it is it not wanting uh, to feel uncomfortable? Is it not really being convinced of all of the things that you or is it something that you're not willing to go? What do you what do you think that comes from? It's from not wanting to be uncomfortable. It's from it's from want it's from not completely accepting it. It's from sitting from that low base carbon base uh, uh, uh perspective and I'm human first. I'm human with some extraordinary uh, information, but I'm still human. You know, it's not embracing the information and, and, and ingesting it and becoming part of it to where it's a part of who you are. But it's an, it, it's it's a piece. It's like a uh, um, memory memory stick. You know, it's not part of the computer. You can stick it in and take it out. It's not actually part of the hard drive. You don't integrate it completely. It's just something that you know and you hold on to because knowing it will force you to move. It will force you to expand. It will force you to move beyond your current state in terms of, of, of comfortability. So it's cool and it's, it's, you know, it's a novelty to stand around at a party and, and espouse some information that other people don't know just for the sake of mm-hmm. someone saying, wow, he's smart. And some people just mm-hmm. want, want to get that. And they're just serving that that egoic aspect of themselves. Mm-hmm. But they're creating suffering at the same time. They're creating suffering at the same time. Every you know, every time you hear something like that, every time you hear truth like that and you don't apply it, you're injuring mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. You're injuring okay. yourself. You know? And it's so, important to go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it's important to recognize and for everybody to recognize why is it that you're collecting the information. So are you collecting the information so that you can tell other people? Or are you collecting the information so that you can become more aware of something in yourself? So if you're collecting it and then you're passing it on to someone else but you haven't applied it to your life in any way, then it's just about, it's just building upon ego or building upon the false self um, because right. change, is, change, <laughs> change is hard or a lot of people are, are resistant to change. So I want to know this because I want people to have a certain view or perspective of me so that I can feel valued and important. But I don't actually want to do anything to feel uncomfortable or to separate from myself from these people who I'm trying to impress. I still have to impress these people or I still want to be a part of this group, but I want to be the smartest person in the room instead of if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to go to another room so that you can continue to grow. Well, just the the very fact that you embrace that idea as something noble, the very fact that you embrace the idea of knowing more than zombies as something noble <laughs> in and of itself is, 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 is madness to me. You know, to say that I know more than somebody who goes to church and have that be my supreme met, uh, um, met or, what am I saying? I have a brain force all over the place. Supreme uh, motivation for for accumulating information or trying to act like I've expanded is crazy. That's like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to know more than a kindergartner. 
Mm-hmm. But it's the everyday everyday person who hasn't really investigated anything. If I mean, let's face it. Let's face it. The average person, the average people that we bump up against on a daily basis are asleep. They're sleeping. They're not. They, they have no idea what's really going on. They have. They think they do, and that makes them feel comfortable that they think they do. But they have no idea what's going on. So, for your primary pursuit to be smarter than someone who is completely asleep, and have that be the end all to be all. You're creating, you're creating suffering for yourself because you know more than that person, but you're still in that person's shoe. You're still mm-hmm. at the same station. You're still standing at the same bus stop with that person. You got a car sitting, but you're standing in the cold with that other person, just telling them about your car. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not driving it. You're not moving it anyway. You know that there's places that you can go with your car. You have gas in it. You have full tank. You got keys and everything. But you stand in the public transportation waiting for the bus to come with everybody else. And they're all listening to you, so you feel important. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's when when you serve that aspect, when you just want to be, I just want to be one of the guys. I want to be the smartest person in the room. You know, mm-hmm. all of the things that you talk about in terms of spiritual uh, 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 understanding you're pitting yourself against them because you're 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 placing yourself in the in the opposite aspect of that polarity. You're placing yourself in the lower nature and you're talking about high nature things. But you're not actually high nature. So you're actually an adversary to the very thing that you talk about. Again, creating suffering. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, I went a long way around to say what I said in the beginning. It's about staying closer to your spiritual side. It's about understanding who you are from the spiritual and how that imprints in the natural and how energies work. Mm-hmm. Because energies work from that perspective. They don't work from that lower base perspective. That lower base perspective is where you sit around and you work and you wait for somebody to hand you a check. That mm-hmm. higher base perspective is where you function from where all of that stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And the difference of, of being about it and talking about it is huge. Right. It's work, yeah. You know? Working towards having a trusting relationship with the universe, that right. higher nature, higher self. Right. Cultivate that. Uh, and knowing Cultivate the, that. the energy work that you're doing is 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 what is your growth and your transforming towards that trusting relationship when becoming one with powerful natures of of the universe. Um, and not working against that. So it's you know, what are you feeding? Are you feeding the spirit? Are you are you feeding the human side? Are you feeding the spiritual side? Um, I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I don't, from my perspective, I don't think it's becoming one. I don't think it's becoming one with the universe. I think it's accepting well, the fact it's, that it's yeah, it's peeling away. Just, it's peeling away or uncovering. Right. It's uncovering, which. Another thing that kind of prevents people from doing, I think, that work is because it is a very, what we would consider selfish, and selfish, of course, is is put in the bad people, quote-unquote, bad people category. Um, But it has to it's very selfish because you are considering how everything affects you first and foremost. How is this affecting me? What direction is it taking me? Is it putting me 
forward? Is it moving me forward? Is it moving me back? Is this going to help me? Is this not going to be helpful towards me? Is this going to be uh, healing for my spirit, or is this going to cause um, something, an, an illness with my spirit? And it's all about approaching everything from how it is affecting your healing and your growth. And so it becomes very selfish. So if there are people or things or places or situations that do not move you towards your healing and your growth, then you keep going to, you keep you dismiss that and you keep going towards your healing and your growth. And to the average everyday person who we are just mentioning that looks very selfish, it looks very cold, it might look very callous, um, it might look greedy, all the things and labels that we are told not to be, um, that is in, inevitably keeping you persistent in your awakening is not under, because it's not understood by this group. If that's what you're trying to do is hold on to this group or still hold on to your acceptance or gain acceptance to this group, then that's where the resistance of change comes in is because your transformation means you're not going to get acceptance from mm-hmm. right. the claim but the bottom your, line is the bottom line is the bottom line and I'm always interested in the bottom line none of us okay. came here none of us came here in a group none of us are leaving here in a group you came here by yourself <laughs> you came here by yourself you leave here by yourself and 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 when you what you learn is it it does become a very lonely walk because you can only do it by yourself you can't use not best kids your spouse your significant others your mother your father your it's just about you Right, right. I don't even I don't even consider it lonely anymore. I don't consider it lonely. It's not lonely at all, especially considering what the group is doing. I'd rather be lonely. I'd rather be by myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. considering what the group is doing. Mm-hmm. Just pass it on. But that's one of the, I think that's one of the first things. When I, when I started gaining some awareness is I didn't have anybody to. T- I didn't know anybody who I could talk to about it. I didn't have anybody mm-hmm. to talk to. I didn't mm-hmm. have anybody to relate to. When I would try to get excited and tell other people about what I was experiencing, and oh, I want to share this with you, and I want you to come with me because it's so great, and I want to taste. I want you to look at this and read this and see this and look how I, I'm. You know, I don't look at this tree the same anymore, and just all the things that were just so much different for me that I was trying to share with others, but you don't have to be upset about that. That's nothing. And just trying to bring people with me and nobody understood. And the isolation that you get from nobody understanding you is is a lot to take in when, you know, when you are first coming into your awareness and you're the only one who you know has come, in and come into any awareness. It is very lonely, and I see how I can see at that point that's your turning point where are you going to turn this corner and keep going, or are you just going to stay where you are because you're afraid to go into the unknown or to let go so mm-hmm. as, as for it takes it takes a while to grow into knowing that you know once you raise your vibration, you get out of a certain vibration. 
you will attract other people with that same vibration. But when mm-hmm. it's, it's stranger, everybody's you know everybody who you've known and are comfortable with your whole life, and those people start to fall away or they stop calling, or because you're not giving, you're not feeding them what they need anymore, and you're not feeding their fears and insecurity and lack anymore, um, and they stop calling you and they stop coming to you and the relationship changes, that's when people need to, that's when people get to the point where they decide, what do I want? Um, And some people don't want to go any deeper. They rather hold on to what's comfortable. And even though it's not, it's not even comfortable, but it's what they know, so they translate that into, into comfort. Mm-hmm. You know what helped me? You know what helped me divorce myself from worrying about being in communication with other people and all of that kind of stuff was that when I began to realize that even when I'm in communication with someone, I'm only talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even when you're in communication with someone and they're exchanging, you're exchanging ideas and thoughts, and and you're talking and you're dialoguing, you're only hearing what you can hear. Mm-hmm. Whatever they say, you can't okay. hear it in the original mm-hmm. way that they presented it or the way that they meant it when they said it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're only having a conversation with yourself anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and what made me feel better, well, not feel better, but made me deal with it is, it, and, and the other side of that is when you're talking to someone, you're only talking to their junk. You're only talking to their shit. You're only talking to their math. <laughs> Right. So they can't hear right. you anyway. Right. right. Like I'm not interested right. in talking to people. Junk. I'm not. I they're don't want talking to talk talking to themselves. Talk to you're talking to yourself, right. and they're talking to themselves. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they can't hear anything. Anyway, you're talking to you. Because I'm not talking right. to you. And 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 very right. few people are going to allow you to see them. Mm-hmm, it's, right. I'm going to be what I think I'm supposed to be, so let me put on this mask and let me put up this wall and let me put up this barrier so that I can appear to be what I think I want, what I want you to see, what I'm comfortable with you seeing, but it's certainly not me. And I got tired of talking to people's junk because I'm yep. not talking to you. And I don't know who I'm talking to. And so, therefore, I'm not going to sit here and try to talk to you as myself because I'm not interested in lowering or adjusting or altering myself so that you can feel comfortable, so that I can help you hold up your mask. I wasn't interested in helping people hold up their masks anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and stop making somebody's problem your problem, you know. (laughs) I had a friend who said the most perfect phrase, and it, it went into deep into my soul. But it was someone who had a problem with something she said, she did, and she said, "Take it up with God. I'm grown." <laughs> and I said, "You know what? That's the truth right there. If you have a problem, take it up with somebody else. It's not my problem. Okay? I'm I'm a, a grown up doing my thing. It's not my problem. It's yours." And you know, another thing I noticed too was, for me, I always felt like there had to be continuity, and I'll try and explain myself, I sort of bought into the myth of continuity, meaning that, you know, how how things are today have to have some type of tangible relationship to yesterday or tomorrow, and I realized that that doesn't necessarily have to be the case, you know? 
You can That's be it. perfectly fine with something today and then tomorrow decide, you know what, I'm through with you. Yep. Goodbye. Exactly. And yeah. it doesn't, there, yeah. there doesn't have to be continuity. Mm-hmm. There's, there doesn't even have to be continuity between 10 seconds from now and right now. You can mm-hmm. let that idea go, and you'll be able exactly. to move faster. Wow. Yeah, I, I, Aaron, 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 I exercise that all the time. Yeah. I think that I believed yesterday, for the lack of a better word, I no longer believe mm-hmm. this today. Mm-hmm. Right. Literally. Mm-hmm. Right. And what does society and teach us about that? You're being wishy-washy. You don't know what you want. Being wishy-washy, you know? right. Now, look at that growth. So, again, we're trained to think that that's wishy-washy and that means that you don't really know what you want and you're not stable. And so we we are groomed to think that you have to stay the same. You have to – if you thought one way, one day, one year, mm-hmm. you're supposed to stay – Exactly the same as that, or else you are floundering. You're you're not grounded. You're not, yeah. and and they don't those look at same, that. Those same yeah. people are quick to the same people are quick to recite the definition of insanity too. Mm-hmm. Those right. same folks are quick to recite the definition of insanity. Yeah. You know, if you can, you keep bringing your tomorrow, your yesterdays into tomorrow. You're gonna keep getting the same shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's the bottom line. You do the same thing you always did. You get the same thing you always got. That's insanity. That is insanity. When you know better, you do better. Right. You always try to yeah, do Right. That's a daily basis or a 10-minute basis or whatever. When you no, know man. better, when you grow, when you're awakened to something, when something becomes visible, See, again, visible to you. Again, that, that's also, that also comes with anchoring yourself to a certain belief system. When you mm-hmm. anchor yourself to something, you try to look for validation to support that thing. Well, instead of saying, wherever this goes, I'm going there. I'm not trying to hold on to anything. I'm not trying to support or substantiate anything. Wherever right. this goes, that's where I'm headed. That's a real growth happens when you find yourself in the center, when you're not anchored to one aspect or another aspect. Mm-hmm. That's when you can grow. But when you anchor yourself down to a philosophy or an aspect of being, you can't grow. You can't move. Right. You try to look for things to support that or or things that will show up that will contrast that, but you'll you'll reject it or move away from it. Real growth happens when you just say, you know what, I'm going to go with it, (laughs) wherever Mm -hmm. it is. And Mm -hmm. this idea that I'm holding on to right now no longer serves me. I have to be willing to walk away from it. In five right. minutes left, like in heat. Did you ever see the movie Heat? No. Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino, they were bank robbers yeah. and stuff. And uh, Robert De Niro says one of the tenets of being an effective thief is thief is you have to be able to walk from walk away from everything you love in five minutes or less. You have to be able to abandon your philosophy in yeah. five minutes or less. Yeah. You know, you can't try to support or defend it. You know, when you hear people talk about defenders of the faith, I'm going to defend my faith. You don't have to defend the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is. You know? Mm-hmm. You find yourself in defense of something. You're not defending truth. You're defending yourself. Right. You're protecting yourself. You're trying to put the bricks in the wall right. that you think is falling down. Oh, no, I'm going to be exposed. I'm going to be exposed. Let me put some right. more bricks in Exactly. I'm not in defense of anything, and I want to know as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. 
Not that I can hold on to it and make it mine, but I'm trying to expand. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to grow as the universe does. I'm not trying to support. I'm not trying to fight the cause of Jesus Christ or nobody else or Horace or nobody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? The belief system and a, a, a knowing is, you know, belief systems have to be descended. Right. Because I don't have a, you know, there's not a whole lot for it to stand on in the first place. Right. So it's, it's you know, not a matter of and, and, you know, again, to, 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 to know this, to understand this, to embrace this and accept it, yet mm-hmm. still, still to some level align yourself or feel that you have to have an allegiance someone who isn't willing to move or isn't going to move when all we came here to do was expand, learn, expand, understand, overstand, understand. If you are in a clan with a bunch of people who are, you know, we're going to hang on to this log and we're not going down that stream, we're not letting go, we're, we're safe and we're perfect right here, you have to be willing to let them both go for your own selfish gain. Because you came here for self, you're leaving here for self, and then guess what? If you didn't get down this time, you're coming back and doing it again. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And like, <laughs> what they say, that light you see, you'll be squeezing through another vagina. <laughs> Going to the light. The light at the end of the tunnel. Yep, the light right. at the end of the tunnel. You have to do another hole. <laughs> 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 you get a rewrite. You know, I mean, it's funny how you meet people along the way and, you know, you see people and some people that that, that you kind of walk alongside with within your journey sometimes you look over and they're not there anymore. And you look back and you see that they rested over there with another group of folks or, you know, they went back to another group of folks or if if it's to go back to gain something that you lost to move forward, and by all means, you know, it's not one of those things where, it's, you know, you're not supposed to go backward or you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do that. Again, I'm not, I, I won't, I will no longer speak in absolute. If mm-hmm. what you need to move forward is behind you, then by all means go back and get it. But know that you're going back for that reason, to move forward, mm-hmm. not right. to go hang out and kick it and, you know, eat Tostitos and watch mm-hmm. the game. Right. You're going back to gain some shit that's going to propel you even further ahead. It's about right. getting ahead. It's about understanding and expanding. It ain't about chilling and crossing your feet and, and, and sitting up in church with a big hat saying hallelujah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And when you know that, when you realize that, it's time to move on from those people who still understand that as a way of being. Mm-hmm. Who still embrace that as a way of being. You know, and you have to not only divorce that within your geography, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in your mind and in your yeah. heart, you have to divorce it there first. You know, and once you divorce it there, it's gone. Then you're off on your, you're off on your thing. It's like all yeah. those movies with the hero. The hero never stays with the woman. You notice that? At the end, yeah. he finds love and all of that. He's like, no, I can't stay here. I got to go. I got to keep going. I can't, I can't stay here. I can't, I can't, I can't sit there and get fat with you. 
Mm-hmm. You got to keep it moving. The hero never stays at home and the sun goes down and him and her holding hands on the porch watching the sun go down and the credits roll. He always mm-hmm. leaves her standing there. He gets on his horse or gets in his plane or gets in his car and goes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a metaphor for life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a metaphor for life. Be that hero. You got to keep it moving. Yeah. You got to be like Kane on Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> Never said that. Oh, you know, yeah. not everybody's built for that. Not everybody's built for that. Not everybody's built for that. Right. They're still serving their lower nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they fought that aspect. Well, this time, well, maybe next time, but not this time. Maybe you'll get it next time. You came back to get down, sitting on the porch and drinking mint juleps with Shawty and them. Yeah. I'm reminded of the, the movie yeah. Hook. <laughs> I'm reminded of the movie Hook, you know, where uh, Peter Pan, he leaves Never Never Land, grows up, has a family, and then goes back to save his kids right. and then, you know, remembers all of these things that happened. But because he's gone off to this new world, he realizes, you know, that time has passed. That part of my life uh, is done. Right. I've got to move forward. Right. And that's what he does. Right. You can't go right. back to Never Never Land once you left it. You know, it's like it's called, you, I call it breaking the seal. You know, a lot of people they refer to breaking the seal as having too much to drink and then having to use the bathroom. But really, I look at it as as once you once you popped a bubble. You know, once you once you've opened a package, you've broken the seal. You can't go back to that state. Right. The the you've been oxidized. Right. right. You've got you to move forward. You back into the, the, you know, it's like opening <laughs> opening a box in the, you know, you've, you've, you know, oozed out and expanded out of the box, and you can't right. stuff yourself back into that same size box. The box is it's, gone. It's not possible, you, you know. You, it. It'll never be the same. Right, exactly. Right. Right. You can't, yeah, right. you can't undo it. Yeah. And I've been oh, fortunate you, in the sense that whenever I tried to go back to something, I mean, back to a vibration, I was smacked with a horrible depression, so I learned pretty quickly mm-hmm. to just keep moving forward. Keep moving. Exactly. Yep. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I know the feeling very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and then and, and and you no longer feel bad about it, you know? You no longer mm-hmm. feel bad about not wanting to go backwards. Right. You know, and, and and those things that aren't productive to where you're going. You don't feel bad about it. Even when you hear people say, Oh man, you know, for nostalgia's sake, you know, and, and nostalgia <laughs> people think that nostalgia is just is this God that we have to pay homage to. Right. You know? You mm-hmm. have to pay homage because it's a part of who you are. And you accept, okay, it's a part of who I am, and I accept it as that. And I thank it for being mm-hmm. a part of who I am. But I don't have to right. go back and keep recreating it. It's already been created. I don't have to go back and pay homage to it. Mm-hmm. Right. You keep it alive in your heart. You don't have to keep going back and revisiting it to the point where it's pulling you backwards to something that you no longer that no longer serves you. Right. And putting on a, 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 you know, like a, you can't put on the shoes that you wore in third grade. 
right. Set your feet back into into shoes that you wore in the third grade. It's gonna be you can't you might be able to, but it's gonna be extremely uncomfortable, or they're gonna hang up, or something. Your feet are gonna get dirty or cold, or you know you can put part of it in there, but not all of it in there. It's gonna be extremely uncomfortable, and you can't put your big feet back in the same size shoes that you you wore before. It doesn't work. No. No. Social nobility and social graces say that you you know you're supposed to go back and pay homage, right. pay homage. You know, it's one of those tricks. Right. You you are being homage. Your life, your life is that because that was the testing stone that led to the next point. There's there's no need to pay tribute to anything. You are the tribute. Exactly. There it is. There it is. The tribute. There it is. Wow. Exactly. 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 It's game day, y'all. So, um, one of the things that I had, I wanted to talk about also is kind of on the subjects we were talking about with, you know, now that you have kind of grown out of your box, um, unless you're, you know, we we all were at the point where when you were first coming into some awareness and you want to bring people with you and people say, I want, I want help. I don't want to suffer anymore. I want, I want to, to grow also. Um, and then you, they say that they want to help or they offer, you offer them help and then you experience, um, you know, they get defensive or all of the, the backlash that you get from from not everybody, and they say they want to learn it, but when you give it to them and they get defensive or they get they reject it, or what are some of the things that um, both of you have experienced with trying to help people who say they want help and they want your help and they come to you for help, but they're not exactly open to it? What are some of the, what have you experienced with us? The things I've the thing the, the the most glaring thing I've experienced is everybody's idea of help isn't the same. Mm-hmm. Some people want help in conquering a certain aspect of their life. You know, when you come to me asking me my idea of help at this particular point is shedding your old nature and embracing your new nature. Anything short of that, I can't help you. But you find yourself, people who, there are some people who realize there's something different, who want something different, but they only want different so they can be better human beings, as I like to say. You know, they don't want to change and understand themselves from a broader sense other than to be a better human being. How to, you know, how can I make my relationships better? How can I, you know, influence people and win friends? Yeah, self-help type stuff. Most people think that spirituality and self-help are the same thing, and they're not. Right. They're two different things. They're two completely different things. You know, the stuff that Ayamba and and them are doing, that's self-help shit. You know, how to get along with your parents and how to get along with your spouse and how to attract a a better mate. That's all self-help shit. Mm-hmm. That's not spirituality. 
that's not understanding who you are in 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 a more solid sense. That's how to be a better human, you know. And then when you when 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 you and when you're in dialogue with someone who says that they want to expand or they want to move beyond where they are, and you start sharing with them some of the things that you know based on your broader perspective and how it relates to them, and they get in the defensive, they're, 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 they're showing you that they're not willing to shed that nature, but they're protecting it because that's where they want to be, you know. And, and, and I want to take some of the things that you give me, but I don't want all of that shit. Just give me some of the stuff. Again, let me, show me how to get along with my mom. Show me how to make my dad love me. But, you know, don't, don't show me so much of me that it makes me uncomfortable. Right. You know, when people start... Or they don't want to want to do the work. They just want you to tell, just tell me what to do. Give me um, a step-by-step direction so that I can do it and I'll feel better about myself. They don't want to do the work. The work is what they came here to do. So if they don't mm-hmm. want to do the work, then, you know, you as the person who knows better, has better the responsibility to say, you know what, I can't help you. I can't help you. You know, you're not looking for my type of help. If you just want to feel better or if you're not willing to get uncomfortable, if you're not willing to see yourself where you are, you got to first see where you are mm-hmm. to see where you're not. If you're not willing to see where you are, and then once you're able to see where you are, move beyond that station, then what the fuck are we talking about? What are we talking for? You know, you as, again, you as the person who knows better in the situation have to make the conscious decision to say, you know what, we can't function at that capacity because that's not where you are. Anybody who is always lined up to defend their 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 mm-hmm. reality and not listen to what's being presented but just automatically go into the sense of their reality ain't interested in changing mm-hmm. their reality. Mm-hmm. They're showing mm-hmm. you that in, by the fact that they're defending their, their, their reality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have to, again, you, you as the one who knows about it, have to say, you know what, you're not ready yet. <laughs> it's, not, it's, right. not, it's not what you want yet. Right. When you know you, you tell her to write the Ayala show, <laughs> see if you can get on Ayala. Mm-hmm. You know, we're right. along the lines of what you're looking for. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. What about you, Anne? Like you I say all the time, man, this dance ain't for everybody. It's only the sexy people. Yeah, only the sexy people. <laughs> yeah, not not everybody's willing to get down, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. What about you, Aaron? Have you um, experienced any any uh, anything in this area? Any resistance to people saying that they they want growth or they want change, and then when you offer it, it's you know a different story. You know, I haven't in my day to day life talked to a lot of people about this thing. People don't really they don't really seek out my advice, except for maybe one or two people, and the two people that I've talked to, they've been on a frequency where they could really listen to to what I was hearing. But for a lot of people, there's so much noise around them that I can't even bother to get through. 
And then the other thing that I did was I, I subliminally buried a lot of my messaging in my play that I wrote. And people responded mm. to that. <laughs> but um, mm. that's about it for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, with me, it's, you know, I I have, you know, some people who in my life and in my family who say that they want to change, but the, it, they, it, the price is too high for them to actually, because it does mean that they are, are risking not getting accepted from the people in their life that they've given a lot of their power to. And right. so when they get to the point where they see that this is what is causing you, <laughs> aligning yourself with this person because of the amount of yourself you have to compromise in order to be accepted by this person means that you have to change the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's usually when they run into, I'm not willing to do that. I can do something different. No, I'm not. And then the excuses come. Oh, no, it's not like that. Oh, no, that person doesn't have power over me. Oh, no, our relationship isn't like that. Oh, no, I can do whatever I want. And then the small changes that they think gives them, um, they feel that it's given them validity, like um, this the person who they are, handing over their power to might say, ask them to do something, and they say, oh, no, I told them I couldn't do that, so therefore I'm speaking my mind, so therefore they don't have power over me anymore. Then feeling that I'm making those small changes to show me that, look, I am doing the work. Look, I'm doing it when it's, you know, they're, they have a gaping, infected bullet wound that they're putting a Band-Aid on, thinking that mm-hmm. that's going to heal them. Um, that's kind of what I run into. Like you realize that it's it's oozing infection and it's getting bigger and it's growing and it's got gangrene at this point and you want to put a Band-Aid on that and you think that it's going to be okay. Look, I put a Band-Aid on it. It's fine now. That's the kind of stuff that I I see or I run into. Um, So it's, look, it looks fine. It's okay. I covered it up. You can't even see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly with, and I will, and I, and I'm, I'm going to share this because I think it's probably very common with um, black families and black communities where we we are brought up with a lot of shame and covering up that. Um, you know, in my family in particular, as long as everything looks okay on the surface, they won't even attempt to go below the surface. So we're all, um, we can all get together on holidays and smile and joke and talk about nothing in each other's faces. Um, from holiday to holiday, we won't bring up all the stuff that we need to really talk about and really need to bring up. Because, look, everything's fine. We can all stand in the same room and have dinner together, and nobody got upset, and nobody's feelings got hurt, and everything's okay when they're completely ignoring, you know, the elephant that's shitting all over the living room. But, you know, we can walk around it. And, in fact, I'm just going to put this 
nice little rug on the floor over it. Look how colorful it is. And, you know, the lump on the, underneath the shit under it adds character, and it's fine. You know, that's how, that's basically how we handle things. Mm-hmm. Instead of really dealing with it. And, um, and, and that's something that I, I am not willing to ignore the elephant in the room anymore. And everybody else is. And so now it's a matter of, well, what's wrong with you? Everything's fine. Everybody's happy. Everybody gets along okay. Why do you, you know, why are you not okay with it and everybody else is okay with it? Because I can't, I can't, I see the elephant and I know you all see this elephant. I can't ignore it anymore. Um, and that's kind of the, the difference, that's kind of the difference between and of how I see things and how I used to see things and how most of the people in my family kind of see things. Um, so kind of when I was first coming into some awareness and I have a, a member of my family that was diagnosed with a serious um, illness, and I brought up the subject of, you know, this isn't just a, this isn't just his illness. It's the family's illness. And if we can get our family together, then we can create a support system for him to be able to heal. And I got oh. some crazy, crazy, crazy that is the backlash. All I called for was, let's all get together and let's just talk and let's just, instead of continuing to talk behind each other's backs, and let's just get out and let's just forgive and get things out and, you know, really put this on the table. Now, mind you, we get together every freaking holiday and could sit in the same room and eat and talk about nothing and watch football or whatever. But the minute I said, let's get together and talk, I got, what are you doing? Why are you trying to superanalyze people? We need um, professional um, therapists there if we're going to do something like that. I'm not putting myself in that position. I don't want to talk to you. Why are you asking me? I got so much backlash, and it surprised me because the week before, we were all in the same room but talking about nothing, talking about the weather Mm -hmm. or sports or who's in the news or politics or whatever. But the minute I said, let's just sit in a room so that we can really see each other, so that we can heal, so that our loved one who has manifested this family illness, but it manifested in this person, Mm. he doesn't have to go through this alone because he didn't create it alone. So let's heal so that he can heal. I got crazy backlash, and I thought it just really kind of made me see how uncomfortable people are seeing themselves. And then the next day, (laughs) the same people are in my face, you know, talking about nothing again, which, you know, just, you know, and I, and I, you know, for me, anybody who knows me, I don't look at any situation that, or choices that people make, that's the choice you felt you needed to make because, that's where you are. I don't. I'm not. I don't. I'm not waiting to get somebody in a room and saying, "You're a horrible person. You're a 
you did this wrong, you did that wrong, you need to pay for this, you need to just let us, let me see who you are because I can't talk to someone I can't see because I don't know who I'm talking to. So let's just get into the room together as family, as people who we say we love and trust the most, and let's just talk so that we can see each other because I don't know who you are, and you certainly don't know who I am. So mm-hmm. it's a matter of I want you to see me for who I am now. I'm not, you know, I'm the, I'm the youngest kid in my family, so everybody still pretty much thinks of me as little Nikki. <laughs> Ah, okay. I don't necessarily have any credibility, and who are you, and why are you trying to tell me, um, you know, why are you trying to see me? You just stay where you are. You stay in your role so that I can stay in mine. You're forever little Nikki, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to think of you differently because when you grow up, that means I have to change too. There's some things that I need to accept too, and I don't want to do that. So if you're different, I have to be different. So they still want to think of me as, you know, little spoiled sister Nikki who just just be happy and entertain everybody and, you know, just say what you have to say and be silly, goofy Nikki that you've always been. But the minute you try to see me for who I am, um, you know, you're trying to take me outside of the – if you go outside of your role, that means I have to go outside of my role. Just stay in your role. That's where wow. I put you. That's where you stay. And so that's kind of what I have experienced. Um, and for me not to get sucked back into that. And, it, and people passive aggressively try to keep me in that don't forget who you are. Don't forget who I am. You get back in that role. You get back in that role. Quit trying to get out of there. Quit. You know, you get back in there, so it's a lot of a lot of backlash, and so it'll be where it is, and that's where it. And this has been probably this was in the summer, I think. And so there's been Christmas and Thanksgiving, and <laughs> however many get-togethers and birthdays and holidays since then, where again people walk in and pretend like there's no elephant in in the room. Um, and that's not something, in order for me to to grow, yes, in order for me to grow, I need to, um, not, and I don't even know how, I need to, it's, it's almost like I am accepting of it because I keep putting myself into it, but the more I do, the more uncomfortable I am. So it's mm-hmm. almost like I'm not true to myself the more I do that. I'm putting myself back in. Let me put on these shoes. I had a third grade again so that I can walk around this living room and not step in the elephant shit that's all over the floor. But I have to put on those shoes because those are the only shoes that fit <laughs> when I enter this particular state um, of being. You know what? 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 You have to then ask yourself, are you doing the same thing that they're doing? Are you seeking validation or hiding from validation? If yes. you continue to keep putting yourself in a situation that doesn't serve you, 
for the mere sake of putting yourself in that situation because obviously no one is getting anything out of this. Mm. They're not seeing what you want them to see. You know, they're not willing to see what you want them to see. You have to ask yourself, are you falling victim to the same thing that they're falling victim to? The very fact that they all can't sit in a room and talk to the fact that they can't face judgment amongst one another. Phoenix hung up. They can't face judgment. And they can't face ridicule. When you place your power, when you place, that's the difference between somebody who's accepted their power and someone who placed their power outside of themselves. And they need other people to substantiate their position. From the very moment that someone doesn't substantiate your position, that places you in an inferior, inferior mindset of yourself. So rather than hear someone else's rejection, which will cause you to reject yourself, you just stay away from it. So everyone seeks validation. And anytime you ask someone to get in a position where they might not be validated, they're not willing to do that. But to continue to go back and keep trying to make someone see this is almost like you're looking for validation from them as well. So it's like it's the same thing. It's the same big circle and the big cycle. Accept your power. Hold on to your power. And you don't need anybody else to, 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 to validate. You don't need a hype man like Hammerhead. Waving you with a towel. But <laughs> you the man, you the man, you the man. You don't need a hype man. You do not need a hype man. If you continue to need a hype man, then you don't believe what it is that you preach. So it, it, it's about accepting your power and moving in your power. And, and then you don't need anybody else. If, if 7 billion people are against you and you for you, then that's enough. We don't need nobody else to say, yep, you're right, you're doing the right thing, yep, you're right. And if we still find ourselves needing that, then we still have some convincing of ourselves that we need to do. I think he's still gone. Hello? I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard yeah. it all. <laughs> Did you? And it was... It was, I mean, it was, it was, it was it's spot on, really. It's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, if people can't see you, then don't feel bad if you stop showing up because you are already invisible to begin with. That's that's how I feel about that kind of thing. Right, right, right. And right. and when you plant when you plant a seed as powerful as the one that Nikki planted, people can make all kinds mm-hmm. of noise and try mm-hmm. and act like they're not hearing. But on some level. You hear that, Mm -hmm. and you think about it in the back of your mind, even if you don't want to articulate it, even if you want to deny it. Nobody's looking. They're thinking about that. Because here's a a family member who is very, very sick, and Mm -hmm. how can you not think about, wow, what happened? How how did this happen? And when someone throws out something as powerful as that, you're going to connect the two. You might deny it, but you're thinking about it. It's hitting home. It's hitting home somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It has no choice. It has no choice. But that, on the outside, it calls you to do one or two things. You either, yeah. you either run toward it or you run away from it. Yeah. You know? And and it, it, it calls you to, it, it shows up real funky. If, yeah. you know, you're not completely present to it or you're trying to bury it or hide it, it'll show up real funky. Mm-hmm. You know? I guess the bottom line, the bottom line is, 
getting away from or understanding that you don't need relationships to validate you. You know, we that's one of one of the underlying things in in our society too is we're only as valid as our relationships. We're only yeah. as valid as mm-hmm. other people see us. You know, what will they say at your funeral? That type of thing. Right. What will people say about you? How will you be remembered? And that becomes, you know, the power that you give away. Mm-hmm. When you're completely worried about what other pe- how other people view you and what they think of you, you you're giving away a huge mm-hmm. aspect of yourself. Yeah. You're completely disempowered and you're completely at the whim and at the discretion of people in your life as opposed yeah. to being empowering in and of yourself. Those right. people hold all your keys. So the moment that they show disapproval, then you, you, you know, you feel shitty about yourself because this person is, right. is, is not approving of you. So mm-hmm. knowing that, you have to stay on their good side and stay in their good graces and stay on the side that continues to give you positive feedback so you can continue to feel better about yourself. It's like you say, here, take this power and hold it for me. And, you know, just give it back to me as I need it. Yeah. You gave it away. You gave it away. You gave it to somebody. And matter of fact, you gave it to somebody who, you know, don't know shit <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. It's like giving your car keys to a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, man, finish. Drive me home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll stack phone books on top of each other or, or whatever to make you sit up high enough to drive me. But you, you 18-month-old baby, drive me home. I'm giving you my keys. I'm giving you my essence. I'm giving you my power. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you the right. power to to bind and loose me. That power belongs to no one but you. You give that away, then you're fucked. And right. everybody gives that away. Everybody mm-hmm. gives that away. Mm-hmm. Every, and, and, and they're told that it's the noble thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's the noble thing to do, to, to be of service to everyone else and have your fellow man say that you are a great person and have your fellow man look at you favorably. Right. And they give all of their keys away. And that person has the power to bind and loose you. No one should have the power to bind you nor loose you but you. Right. So to keep worrying about this person ain't going to like me, so I can't do this, Mm -hmm. or I have to do this so this person can say that I'm doing a good job, or so this person Mm -hmm. can notice me. But he can finally stand up and say, you know what? You are doing a good job. Man, who gives a fuck if they think you're doing a good job? If you know you are. Right. And, and the important thing to, to know about that is to realize that it has, again, it has nothing to do with you, when you, um, you know, do things for other people or you do things that you say is, trying to help someone else or protecting someone's feelings or protecting someone else, it really has nothing to do with them. It has to do with how you feel about yourself. Right. Because if you don't get the reaction that you want, then, um, you you know, you're doing it because of the praise that you get or the accolades that you get or the rewards that you get. That's why you're doing it. You're not doing it. It's, It's not for the other person. It's for you. So when you realize... You're not doing it. You don't do anything for anybody else. It's all for you. So 
I'm no. protecting. I don't want. I'm not going to say something to this person because I don't want to hurt their feelings. It's not because you don't want to hurt them. It's because you don't want to feel what you're going to feel if they are hurt in that. They blame that hurt on you, or that how they feel is directed towards you, and then that translates to you as, "Look, I'm a horrible person. I hurt somebody." It all comes back to you. Right. Look, you don't ever do no anything for anybody else but for you. Hell no. You don't have any other conversation but the one with yourself. You right. know, so like people think that they're doing, doing stuff for other people. Do... You're not doing it for other people. No. Mm-mm. Hell no. Mm-mm. Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. And again, that's 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 that is placing that is giving your power away. That's giving your power mm-hmm. away. That's allowing someone to say what's good or bad to you. That's allowing someone to determine whether not you feel positively or negatively about yourself. Mm-hmm. Man, and that's too much right. power to give to anyone. Right. There is anyone. no selfless act. There is no selfless act. Right. So you go on to go true. save the children know. in Africa or whatever. That ain't for them. That's for you. There is no selfless <laughs> act. <laughs> yeah. So you can feel like you... you being a good person, you trying to gain a soul, you trying to, you know, avoid facing yourself, whatever it is, there are no selfless acts. Right. Everybody's selfish. No. Everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, if you weren't, you wouldn't be here. You know, the moment right. you stop living for you, you stop living. Mm-hmm. The moment, mm-hmm. everything that you experience is from your perception and your perception exclusively. Everyone in on, on this phone, on this planet is in their own universe. All the time. Yes. Even though you're interacting with other people, you're only interacting mm-hmm. with people according to your own understanding. Mm-hmm. That's right. all you have. That's, that's all it. You that's, all have. That, right. that's all there is. That's it. That's it. And that's why I keep asking the question, why give that away? Why give your power away to someone else to substantiate you? When mm-hmm. everything you see and everything you know about yourself is according to your perception, why allow someone to have the power to give you your perception and you hold on to it like it's true. When you have the power to mm-hmm. define you for you, that's crazy. That's crazy. And keep trying to align with Dalvi, who only want to validate themselves based on what society mm-hmm. thinks, and we all know what the hell mm-hmm. society is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you know better, you do better. It's time to stop playing that game when you realize that it's a game. Mm-hmm. Can't keep playing that game and and, and, and and think we're moving forward. Can't keep playing that game. It's right. a game, and it's put in place. It's a game. exactly what it does. Everyone plays off of everyone else, and everyone that's playing off of one another is being fed on by another entity. All of the insecurity mm-hmm. and all of the lack and all of those things that they hold on, those notions that they hold on as truth, is fuel for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All of that insecurity yep. and all of that, 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 that insufficientness and all of that shit is, is, is fuel for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, that's your freedom giving away. No, that game is over. Mm-hmm. That game is old. Let the people who still have to participate in it, participate in it. Yeah. Leave that shit alone. Yeah. Unless, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the long and short of it. That's the long and short of it. It is what it is. You know, when you know better, you do better. Can't keep playing and can't keep wanting right. to go back into it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Cypher. Right. Cypher wanted to get mm-hmm. plugged back into the Matrix. 
<laughs> you wanted to forget everything mm-hmm. you knew. Just plug me back in, man. Mm-hmm. Just plug me back in. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And if that's where it. you are, that's where you are, but know your exact location. Know that's where you are. Right. That's where you want to be. Don't sit and pretend like you are, I'm, you know, spiritual and I want this growth and I want this and I'm doing this and I'm doing No, just if that's where you are, then that's where you are. Be there. Mm-hmm. Again, there is no right or wrong. Oh, that's where you want to stay. You want to spend just, but just, just know where you are. Yeah, right. You right. Know where you, you are. You had to once be there. You had to once be every every one of these sets that we're talking about had to once mm-hmm. be a part of us to right. some degree in order to understand right. it. Right. So as we talk mm-hmm. about it, it's not an indictment. It's not that we picking fun or all of that other shit. It's not that it's not it's not a judgment. Mm-hmm. It's an observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's an observation. Absolutely. It's an observation. Yeah, I, I realized for I, myself, part of my my spiritual injury as it relates to my finances is born out of me placing that faith and that power in something outside of myself, exactly. waiting for something to happen or somebody to do mm-hmm. something for me. That was something I realized. Another thing that I realized, too, was part of the reason why I was so interested in entertainment was because that was, once again, a vibration that I inherited. I am the product of two very entertaining individuals, not performers, but people who were very entertaining. People love them. They are, everybody loves them. They're wonderful people. I love them. But what I realized was that I watched that, and Mm. I inherited that. And much of that inheritance is positive, but there's a piece of it that is something that I no longer want part of. Mm. And because I no longer want part of it, I also have to let go of that part of it that was represented in my career aspirations. Another thing I noticed, too, this happened to me in Thanksgiving 2012, I think it was. Um, I had a serious falling out with a, a family member of mine who I was very close to. You know, long story short, he screwed me over. Um, and this family member was the recipient of a national honor. And um, at Thanksgiving, my, my parents, we're talking about this national honor and passing around photos of this family member receiving this national honor. And here I am thinking, here I am your son, you know, and this family member really, really screwed me over terribly. And here you are passing around this photo of him receiving this honor mm-hmm. for show for your friends to entertain them, to share in your delight and the honor. And I chose not to be offended because I could so clearly see what it was and how it absolutely had nothing to do with me and how that was the product of their vibration, not mine. Wow. So why would I incorporate myself mm. into that? And that was, that was like the spiritual yeah. <laughs> surgery on the injury. Now I'm in physical therapy. And soon I'll be walking. But I see it. I see it for what it is. And, you know, it goes back to even the four agreements, not taking things personally. If you can just get into that space Mm -hmm. 
between your feelings and, I don't know, and, and logic or whatever, you'll be able to just see something for what it is and then mm-hmm. work yourself out of it and then move on from it. But it's so, it's so hard when, you're, when something becomes a part of you before you can even catch it to sit and think, wow, how much of this is actually me? How much of this am I consciously choosing? Right. And when you consciously choose things, it's, your, people are going to wash away, and you have to accept that what they liked, which is what we were just talking about, was themselves as it was represented in you. You know, when you stop being a mirror, people might not necessarily like what mm-hmm. they see anymore because they were used to the image of themselves, not the true image. Right. You know, you... Right. When you break the seal or when, wow. you take, when you take the red pill or when, mm-hmm. when your eyesight is restored, mm-hmm. there's a period of adjustment that you have to go mm-hmm. through and that other people have to go through. And it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going yeah. to be even disorienting, but you have to go through it because, one, it's reality, and, two, it's what you really want. You know, these, right. these things happen because you have asked for them to happen, to do something to you and for you so that you can keep moving towards whatever it is that you plan to happen for yourself in life or that you want to happen for yourself in life. But you have to, you have to deal with the adjustment periods, the growing pains, the discomfort, the rain, to get to that next point. Right. Right. Wow. Well said. Well said. Well said. And that's where most people, that's where most people, um, you know, stop or give up that that part of the journey is them translating the the rain or the discomfort as well. I must be doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. When what you what you want or what you're desiring is on the other side of that. But, you again, you have to go through those growing pains. You have to go through some adjustment. You have to go through your transformation. And the transformation is going to make you feel uncomfortable because anytime growth happens or anytime growth appears, you have to move from one, quote, unquote, body to another body. And doing that is not going to be a what we consider pain a painless experience. You have to grow. Right. There has to be there has to be some some growing pains involved. But when you when you when you go through that, and then you're able to look on the other side, when you're able to see it from the other side, of course it's well worth worth it. And you see why you went. I mean, you can see the growth process and every step and how it was necessary because you you wouldn't be able to grasp it and realize it in your old body. You can't you can't grab it in your old your old body. You can only get it in the in the new body. So you have to grow in order to be able to accept it in order for it to fit. So I think at, at that point is when a lot of people abandon that part of the journey or choose to stay where they are or re- resist change or start defending. It's not so bad here after all. I'm okay. 
Oh, yeah. I don't want to grow because there's a, the, the price that they feel like they have to pay in order to grow is not one that they they can foresee as being worth it or they can't see the end result. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start defending where they are and it's okay here. I can accept this. It's not so bad. It could be worse. And all the other and also, things that they think of. Also, also with that, also with that, is that societal, religious subcontext? Well, mm-hmm. when when whenever we're going through something like that, it has to be some type of punishment. And mm-hmm. did something wrong, and we're not in God's mm-hmm. grace, and right. we're in God's good faith. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn if you align yourself mm-hmm. with it consciously or not. That is in your subcontext. So anytime right. you know something like that mm-hmm. happens, or something feels uneasy or uncomfortable, <laughs> or something aren't mm-hmm. things aren't seeming to line up the way that you envision them lining up at that particular moment, we automatically revert back to that subcontext that says, you know, we're outside of God's good graces and we're not doing things right. And that's why things aren't lining up because we're out of favor for the devil. What we're going through, as they mm-hmm. used to say back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. even conscious folks still align themselves with that karmic phenomenon mm-hmm. or, you know, right and wrong and, and playing the game of polarity again, you know, playing that game, entertaining and holding that philosophy or holding that ideal as something that's part of your your perception. In the very moment that things don't line up the way that they have been or, or don't feel as comfortably or smoothly, it's because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm getting my right. come up in, you know. Mm-hmm. Getting my payback, mm-hmm. and that's in there too. Right. So you know, a lot of folks who start out on that and they start to run up against that what they perceive as opposition, they'll stop right there. Okay, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yep. even if they don't admit it, even if they don't admit it out yep. right, it's still right. Oh, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and they back mm-hmm. up, they back down, they back down off mm-hmm. of whatever it is that they were proclaiming prior to feeling that discomfort. Yeah, man, so it, it, that yep. still looms All very largely good. within within our subcontext or our sub Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, like I said before, man, when you know better, you do better. Get away from that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like just right. man, get away from it. Mm-hmm. Get away from all of it. Get away from all. Mm-hmm. Remember back when we were going back and forth with one of the other members in the group that was talking about they go to churches because they can fellowship with the people and sit there and talk mm-hmm. to folks. They, the church with and all of that, man, sh- that shit just as dangerous as going to church, period. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... If you're moving yourself back still, into that, it's not, it's, not, it's not benign. It's not like you can't no, be not. affected. It's like no. trying to... You're going through the rain, but you're not getting wet. No. Right. You're right. walking in the I rain, I mean, even when you gain wet. a greater... Mm-hmm. Even when you gain a mm-hmm. greater perception and a greater understanding, there are still some residual things there. There are yeah. still some residual things that you always have to be, you know, proactive in, 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 in shedding light mm-hmm. on and, and exposing mm-hmm. so they can dry up and wither away. But if you just right. know but if, and you if just that's where you are, tomorrow, you but again, if that's where you are, admit that's where you are. Don't say I'm right. not here, but I'm just going back to, because it's, you know, I like the people there and it's social, but I'm not, it's not affecting me. 
Right. And then go to church, but I'm not going to listen to anything. I just want to sit there because I got, you know, I want to go to support my people, but it's not going to affect me. If that's where you are, then that's where you are. Where you are. Be there. Yeah. Right. And that's true. <laughs> go to a cocktail party. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Invite them over for yeah. Invite them over for cocktails. The same people. If you want to, yeah. You don't have to right. go to church to hang out unless you want to go to church. Then say, I want to go to church because I want to go to right. church. Be there. Yeah. yeah. Be there. Yeah. Don't don't play both sides of the fence. Right. 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 That's that's approval thing. That's what people say. That's that's, that's more mm-hmm. counterproductive than anything. We can, mm-hmm. you know, playing a game of approval. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yeah, absolutely. That's more disempowering than anything. That's more disempowering than anything. You know, you're effectively saying that everything outside of you is stronger than you are. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. they say right. is, is fact. What they think is fact. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Tell me what to think. Tell me, tell me, right. tell me what to think of myself, like Halle Berry and, and Monsters Ball. Make me feel good. <laughs> Make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Uh, Make me feel good. Oh, man, that scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you won the damn, uh, I mean, the uh, Oscar for. That's what won, yeah. That's what won. That's what won the Oscar, that porn scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right, guys, we have about six minutes left. Um, and minutes. we can close. I just want to, if, if you guys are... Listening live, we've got some people in the chat room. If you're listening live, we've got about five minutes left. So um, I don't want you. We'll 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 probably be going a little bit over. But um, uh, okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Keep going. Oh, okay. Were well, you like humming through me or whatever? Um, <laughs> making sure I wasn't on mute. Um, so thank you for joining us. If you guys are, I don't want you to get cut off at the end, but if you want to call in and listen, we're not going to go much over, but just so we can close properly and not have to rush through it, um, since we only have five minutes left in the show. So if you want to call in and just listen to the end of the show, it's 347-215-8639. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe and get the other, um, get future show notifications. Um, email us at blueclick at gmail.com or you can leave a comment at blogtalkradio.com. Um, so um, any last thoughts about um, the financial new year, about what you're moving into this new Roman calendar year <laughs> um, on the financial front or anything else um, or you know anything else you want to to say about any of the subjects that we, we covered today. Sean, um, last thought. I can't hear you if you're talking. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm using the phone. Okay. Um, okay. This is my, my observation of New Year this year 
is um, I'm, I'm, I'm currently moving into more natural time mm. and trying to understand those things that are artificial mm. and imitation and moving away from them. And part of part of my perception of artificial reality was embracing a new year that started in the middle of winter or the beginning of winter when that was never really, from a natural perspective, when new year was considered counted as a year. It was always in the springtime. <clears throat> and just trying to stay more consistent with nature. My particular perception is to embrace the things that are more natural as opposed to staying with things that are superficial mm. or things that keep us locked into that matrix that we so often discuss. You know, so when people said Happy New Year to me, so I didn't say, oh, Happy New Year. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, thank you, Happy New Year, you know. But my shift, my own personal shift was this year away from, you know, understanding New Year as we've been presented to understand New Year and New Year and when it is and when it isn't. So it's just funny that you brought that up and made me realize that, you know, and I, I made that statement back in the summertime that I wasn't going to align myself with the ball dropping and Happy New Year's and old anxiety and singing and all of that kind of stuff, not as a defiant measure, but, you know, just part of my own personal resolve in getting back to things and aligning myself with things in more of a natural sense as opposed to, you know, continuing to participate in the Truman Show to the degree that I have been up until now. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Now, I'm trying to break... I'm, I'm just not trying. I'm broken away from the Truman Show. <laughs> you know... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not right. in that bubble no more. I'm not in that bubble. So anything right. that's right. that's that, well, that still resides edge, within me. Once you get to the edge, once you get to the where the you know when the sky meets the water and you knock on it and there's a little door and you can't go back and act like the door's not there anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 It's there. Right. Exactly. You know. Mm-hmm. And just understanding right. that all of that stuff, nothing, nothing, as we talk about before, nothing is benign, and nothing is what's supposed to harm and say that the New Year, you know, what's the harm in making an agreement with something that you no longer understand as, you know, part of your your reality? You know what I'm saying? What's the harm in just participating mm-hmm. for the sake of it because everybody else is doing it? Well, that's the harm to me. Right. Is aligning myself with mm-hmm. what everybody else is doing for the sake of aligning myself with what everybody else is doing, as if that is the standard that I should mm-hmm. adhere myself to. No, hell no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell no. Hell no. Again, that's, that's my philosophy from now moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know better, you do better. <laughs> right. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Aaron, last thoughts about anything that we've discussed today or... Something that we haven't. Yeah, just you know, I'm I'm really thinking about what I can do to to rehabilitate and and balance out that spiritual uh, energy that is connected to my finances, and just realizing that it's it's just remembering that it is a part 
of my body and and integrating that in rather than thinking dualistically about it or thinking this or that. You know, it's it's just it's a part. It's a part of me that needs to be balanced, much like an energy channel. So I'm thinking about that. And also, similar to what Sean was just saying, I'm also aligning myself with just the rhythms and, and the time of life, not, not the time connected to a clock, you know, the, the right. tides mm-hmm. of life, so that when the tides are low, I can go out and explore and act, and when the tides are mm-hmm. high, you know, just relaxing and mm-hmm. letting, letting the tide dictate itself. Yeah, aligning mm-hmm. yourself with the rhythm of life. There is no, there's no rush to get anything done more than in the time that it's going to happen. But really, right. really been thinking about that. And also I'm just going to let life give me biofeedback of my, my thought process and allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, one more thing, because I didn't want to forget that. I, somebody said something yesterday in a video that really opened me up and had me, helped me think differently. She was talking about working in corporate. And although I have no interest in working in corporate, what she said that really affected me was to not work hard, but to work smart. Be intelligent mm-hmm. in your action. Okay. And I just thought, wow, there, there's the shift. Hard, it's not hard mm-hmm. work that pays off. It's smart right. work. It's smart like work. the 80-20. Yeah, it's like the 80-20 philosophy mm-hmm. where 20% of your work is mm-hmm. 80% of the results. Work smart. Be smart with everything. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one one of the visuals that someone said that kind of stuck with me, um, other well, there's a few, other than the one with the, you know, honoring your injury that, that Aaron, you mentioned earlier, was thinking of your, your my relationship with money is is injured at this point, and I'm continuing to honor the injury rather than honoring the healing and what I need to do to mend that. Um, is um, thinking of this the spiritual awakening as a garden, and mm. just like if you ignore your garden, there's going to be growth, but you're going to get weeds. Mm. Weeds just grow out of nowhere. They're going to grow no matter what. They're going to figure out a way to grow. And they're going to, um, and it looks like growth because there are things that are growing. But it's nothing that you've planted and cultivated. It's nothing that's going to give you nourishment. It's nothing that you can get from your garden and, and to sustain you. It, it's weeds. So it's an every day, every day you have to go out and cultivate your garden. You've got to see what weeds have, have rooted themselves and the ones that you have to pick out. Um, look at your, the seeds that you've planted. Um, you know, make sure that they have the nourishment that they need. Make sure that they have water. Make sure that they have sufficient sun. Make sure the soil is rich. All of the, and that's daily because the weeds will try to take over on a daily basis, and the weeds is, is, is everything that you're giving your attention to that is taken away from the nourishment and the richness of your garden that's keeping you from being in touch with your intuition and relying on your natural state and the natural course that is blossoming into your spiritual awakening. All of that stuff that is, 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 is going to grow to shade over your abundance and awakening um, 
and and take all the nutrients from the soil. It's it's an everyday thing. It's not like I can do this and then I can rest on it. Um, while at the same time, when you plant seeds, it's knowing that it's having it's developing the trust that knowing that you planted them, and you don't have to dig them up to see if they're still there. You planted them and know that they're growing because you're, you have an understanding, you have enough understanding of self to know that what I planted will grow. And you have enough trust in developing that trust in your spirit and the universe to know that I planted it and it'll grow. I don't have to keep digging up the seeds to see are the seeds still there, are the seeds still there, are the seeds still there. They're still there. So you have to do your work to, to make sure that the soil is rich and everything is in place for them to grow. Can't, you can't let the weeds take over. The weeds will take over all of the, the nutrients and block them, block the seeds from the sun. So it's a it's a it's um a, a daily awareness. And again, when you know, when you like Sean said, when you know better, you do better. When you learn something, and it might be, uh, and I really like um, Aaron when you were saying earlier about it. It might be different from. <laughs> Not only day to day, but minute to minute. Mm-hmm. Because you're not the same person. I'm not the same person I was yesterday. Right. And I'm not going to be the circumstances that happened today mean that I will not be the same person I was I tomorrow that I am today. I'm not the same person. We're not the same people we were at the beginning of this podcast. We're different people. Because we've learned and we've grown just by having, opening us, us up to the amount of awareness needed for this discussion um, and right. to, to, to embrace that and then embrace the fact that we, that we are open enough to that awareness and knowing that it is forever, it is ever evolving and ever changing and ever growing and being comfortable with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And let's give it up for the Skyboarders, Phoenix Tramel and Parker <laughs> Tramel, who have been so quiet and allowed us without with minimal distractions yes. and interruptions. I'm impressed, guys. <laughs> yes, they did well. They did well. Okay, so I want to thank everybody for joining us for this amazing, fantastic discussion and again um please subscribe to us on blog talk radio or on itunes leave a comment tell your friends about us let us know if you have any show ideas um anything you want to discuss if you want to be a part of the show you can always call in we're very open to everyone's perspective and point of view um we also have very um good discussions on facebook just look up Blue Click on Facebook. It's not a fan site. It's a group site. You still keep it fairly small and, and contained and protected. So it's a it's a group site, but we get into some pretty good discussions and have some um, some some great information that comes through there as well. So you can look us up on Facebook. So until next time, thank you, my wonderful co-hosts. Aaron and Sean, as always, it's been eye-opening, and I am um, always very, very grateful for to be able to have such rich 
nourishing discussion. So thank you both very, very yeah, much. Yeah, it's rich and nourishing, isn't it? Thank We're you. We're in a relationship so, now, aren't we, Nikki? What? We're in a relationship. We're in a relationship so because I have an anal fissure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yes, we're in a relationship now. It's official. <laughs> Inside joke, <laughs> people. <laughs> um, what's the name of that show? Getting on. What's the name of that show? Getting oh, on. Getting on. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's on HBO. Yeah. Getting on show where this lady said, you know, she she she's officially in a relationship with this guy because she has an anal fissure, and so that means that they're not dating anymore and they're in a relationship. <laughs> So, that's the inside joke. <laughs> it's not a ring anymore, people. It's an anal fissure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no longer a ring. <laughs> Gotta get anal hair. And it's official. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it always, it always falls apart at the end, doesn't it? Um, okay, so. Anyway, signing off, people. Peace. Thank you All very right. much. Bye. See you. Bye.